Hi, this is Michael Dolce, host of the Secrets of the Sire live stream and podcast. So Terminator's dark fate, as it turns out, is failing both at the box office and with critics, with the movie getting poor reviews and standing to lose almost half a billion dollars, which is a shame because in the months leading up to it, I was actually pretty excited to see the return of this franchise, most specifically Linda Hamilton's Sarah Connor. And we can play Fix My Franchise all we want, but usually these things come down to one simple fact. Stop telling us the same story over and over again. Try something new. Learn from Joker, which is about to cross one billion in box office. And no, I don't mean give us dark and gritty everything as you did with Christopher Nolan's success of Dark Knight. No, I mean take something familiar, but tell it to us in a completely different way or give us something completely different based off of what you've already given us in the past. Give us something new for the same old story we're going to be reading about is how your franchise is now D-O-A. Secrets of the Sire starts now. Secrets of the Sire. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sire Studios Digital Network. That's secretsofthesire.com, youtube.com slash sire studios, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire, and twitch.tv slash secrets of the sire. You can download our podcast on all major podcasting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and more. Tonight, Terminator's Dark Fate, which is the box office, Watchmen Watch Episode 3, and we welcome writer Todd Black on to spin the racks. I am your host, Michael Dolce, joined as always by my co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Hassan Godwin, Lord of the Livestream. How you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm all right. I kind of went, I kind of went like uh, Irish brogue, like Lucky Charms Leprechaun there. Yeah. Yeah. Lord of the last trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I decided not to copy you. It's a, it's a good look. I decided good, it was in my best interest. Not yeah, it's to a copy. good, yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a good move. I think that's a, <laughs> I think, I think that's a win yeah. all together. Yeah. So I, how I are agree. you uh, on this fine Wednesday night? Um, I'm good. Weather's getting cold. You know, what's killing me is daylight savings yeah. time. Daylight savings time. This was the first week. Uh, where it's like dark at five o'clock, which I don't yep. like. That's A, number one. B, number two, my kids uh, are programmed to wake up an hour before. So I, I, they would be waking up maybe at six o'clock. If I'm lucky, I get them up at six o'clock. They are now waking up at five o'clock this week. And <laughs> it'll be a week of very little yeah. sleep yeah. for me. I'm sorry. I can tell you have great sorry. pity. Great pity. And I, I said I was sorry. I don't know what I could do. <laughs> you know? Emote. I, I, I want you to emote. I don't know. I don't have any emotions, as, <laughs> as, as, as has been said many times. So I don't know why you would come to me with that complaint because there's oh, nothing I can I do know. for you. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. We are going to jump into some sire bites, starting with Into the Spider Verse sequel release date. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won't be catching cobwebs. This is from the wrap. Uh, After teasing fans on Twitter Thursday evening, Sony Pictures Animation confirmed Friday that the buzzy hero flick will get a sequel to set to be released on April 8th, 2022. 
the announcement was bolstered by subsequent tweets showing 2022 flashing in a GIF foreground. It wasn't immediately clear what the sequel's title will be. Uh, Spider-Verse, as you know, won the Academy Award for Best uh, Animated Feature and was hailed by many critics, including the New York Post, where I got this article, uh, as the best Spider-Man movie yet. Your thoughts into the Spider-Verse? Are we excited? Do we, uh, is this, is this going to be the Spider-Gwen story? Like, what, 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 are, what are your predictions sure to go wrong? Sure to go wrong. I don't know. I, I, it's going to be a good movie. That's my prediction, sure to go wrong. Isn't it funny, though? Because you could sit there and say, uh, you could sit there and say, like, Sony Pictures, we have no faith in you to do your own Spider-Man movie. But the animated Spider-Man, you got this. They won an Academy Award the first time out. That's that's pretty much indication that you should give them the benefit of the doubt right there. I would right? I would hope so. Right? You know, I mean, look. Um, and it's an animated movie. It, was, it did way better than an animated movie it was supposed to do. You know, even though mm-hmm. it did, you know. And, and it was a good movie. It was really a great movie. Yeah. Uh, visually beautiful. Visually amazing. Um, supposedly, this one's supposed to be about Miles and Gwen. You know, so that'll be good as long as they don't, as long as they're sticking with their main character and, you know, not, not, you know, going to sideline anybody. That's, that's kind of cool. So I'm looking wouldn't forward that to be it. Amazing, wouldn't good. that be amazing if they did? What are you looking forward not to really. more? It's not really the superlative I would use. Oh, I don't mean like amazing, like, uh, <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm just making my point as subtly as humanly possible. Okay. What are you looking <laughs> forward to more into the Spider Verse or the next Tom Holland Spider Man? Uh, into Spider-Verse. Pretty easy. No, see, I don't actually... mind Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but I mean, who knows when that's going to be? And who knows what that's going to be a lot about? And those movies have been great, but they haven't blown me away. You know? They've been really good, solid movies, and I've enjoyed them immensely. But I was blown away by Into the Spider-Verse. I felt about Into the Spider-Verse the way I felt about uh, Sam Raimi's uh, okay. second Spider-Man. Okay. You know, where I was like, wow... You know, because I was not a big fan of the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt it was totally off. The beats were off. The uh, Danny Elfman soundtrack, you know, didn't it to me didn't quite gel with this, the visuals. Yeah. Um. So there was a lot I felt with. I mean, I've since made made a lot of peace with that movie. I, I've since like, uh, right. You know, been able to enjoy that movie. But when I first saw it, I was one of the few because a lot of people were on board, rightfully so, because it was a it was a well done superhero movie. Um, and I, I, you know, I wasn't I dis- a big fan. I disliked his his Mary Jane. Kirsten Dunst was useless in those movies, uh, and I was not a big fan of that. And I, I and some of the dialogue was cheesy, but it was cool to see a successful visual of Spider-Man in Sam Raimi's first movie. The second movie, we both agree, is one of the greatest comic movies of all time. Uh, but getting back to Spider Verse versus and basically when the second Spider Man came out, I yeah, you know, I I walked away from that, um, convinced that Sam Raimi knew what he was doing. It was a you know that that he was the right person making Spider Man movies. Just to finish I, my anecdote from from earlier, yeah, I've had I've had this debate though, right? And and this is talking about Spider Verse versus the new Tom Holland uh, Spider Man. I guess Spider Man Three, whatever you however you want to call it, right? Um. In the 90s, I used to argue that while The Simpsons, I think, is more universally funnier, Seinfeld to me was, was, was a greater accomplishment because it's live action, right? And, and, it, was, and it, was, it was actually better written because of the limitations of not being animation, whereas The Simpsons, you know, 
the monorail episode, for example, like you couldn't do that in on TV, right? You could only do that as a cartoon. I feel I the exact same way. About. You've never <laughs> seen the monorail okay. episode of Simpsons? I don't watch the Simpsons. The early this is going way, 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 way back. I don't watch the Simpsons. Oh my gosh. All right. It could go as early as you want it to. <laughs> I don't watch the Simpsons. Okay. Go watch the season with Conan O'Brien as a writer. I think it was like season four or five. It's fantastic. No. It was tremendous. No. Uh, but my point being was that it's a greater accomplishment, I think, when a live action movie, although nowadays with CGI that that gap is kind of closing, can 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 pull off the excitement for me or the or the execution for me rather than the animated. The animated to me is like you could do whatever you want. It's almost cheating. And while groundbreaking as Into the Spider-Verse was, I was so impressed, especially with the last um, Far From Home, that I think, I think I'm, I'm, I would always lean toward I'm looking forward to seeing uh, a Tom Holland Spider-Man versus a cartoon one. Just because. Okay. Just good because. for you. <laughs> it is good for me. And it's good for everyone else. Good for you. Who just listened to me. Superman and Lois TV series in the works at CW. This is according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Tyler Hochin and Elizabeth Tulloch will reprise their roles for the potential Arrowverse spinoff in the sky. Replacement. Spinoff slash replacement. Yeah. Uh, another Arrowverse TV series in the works. Superman and Lois is the, is the title featuring Tyler Hochin and Elizabeth Tulloch. Um, Former Flash showrunner Todd Helbing will pen the script and executive produce. The drama is described as revolving around the world's most famous superhero and comics' most famous journalist as they deal with the stress, pressures, and complexities that come with being working parents in today's society. So I'm not up on the <laughs> continuity of the CW Spy- Superman. Mm. But they, they got a kid? I is guess. That, I don't... That, I don't uh... Is that is that what that's on? I guess he would be on a uh, on. Is that Super like the Girl? Brandon Routh uh, Superman from two thousand six, where they have a kid together? Are they are they are they gleaning off of that? Is Brian Singer's presence felt even today? I doubt it. I, I think everything obviously is. I hope you're not asking me because I I do not know. I, I you know I said as I as I attempted to answer. I I guess that would be from. I guess the that is a Superman um, that originated on the Supergirl yeah. uh, television show. Yeah. In which case, um, I guess, because I, I don't remember ever seeing a Lois, so that would be in one of the crossover, mm-hmm. probably one of the, the, the big year event crossovers, which I have not seen. Yeah. So I imagine, I guess they have a kid. Yeah. I guess that would be, that would be interesting. I mean, that's a... That's an angle of a television show about Superman that they haven't yet done is that they have a, you know, and then Superman does have a son in the comic books. So Superman and Batman. So, you know, that, that is in Canon. Is the CW so, just basically just all DC shows now. <laughs> like I don't, they have Riverdale. I guess too. so. I know. I don't, I don't too. really, I don't really watch it too much, but yeah, they, they've got it. But I mean, they're can't, they're getting rid of one. I mean, they're losing arrow. And I, I think the Superman one is to the series. Superman and Lois, not to be confused with Lois and Clark, um, is replacing Arrow, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, even though, yes, they, they are overabundant in, uh, in, in DC uh, superhero television shows. They're, they're apparently also working they on are, a but second. They're, but they're not adding new ones. They're, no, they're, well, the yeah. number's going to be even. Yeah, well, no, but in 2020, 2020, 2021... 
they're readying a female-focused Arrow spinoff starring Catherine McNamara, Katie Cassidy, and Juliana Harkavy as the network Get is in. prepping for the next wave of its DC Comics franchise. Yeah, we'll see if everybody's still interested in 2021. That's a ways away. I know, so I we'll know. See. Talking about stuff that people are not interested in uh, brings us to our first segment, uh, Terminator Tanks. Uh, this is from Hollywood Reporter. Terminator Dark Fate crashes and burns. Uh, Skydance Paramount and Fox Disney's Terminator Dark Fate reboot, which hoped to revive the franchise after three failed attempts, bombed in its domestic box office debut over the weekend with $29 million, uh, well behind expectations, though still bowing at number one. The movie is not likely to be rescued at the foreign box office where it finished Sunday with an offshore tally of $94.6 million. Yeah. Uh, They're saying in order for the movie to break even, it needs to make $450 million, and I think that's domestic, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, it, it says uh, $120 million, That's how much partners Skydance, Paramount, and 20th Century Fox, each with, uh, which each put up 30%, stands to lose. They each stand to lose $120 million. Uh, Chinese, uh, China's Tencent has a 10% stake. The red ink could end up at 130 million if the pick doesn't hold internationally. Conversely, if the losses could be closer to 110, if it does have some strong legs over offshore. Um, Skydance is the one that's most particularly hit because they spent tens of millions trying to reboot the James Cameron series. Uh, it's also a blow for Paramount, which needs franchises. Um, what does the future hold? James Cameron has plotted out a trilogy, now in doubt, given the film's <laughs> soft performance. Uh, but, it, uh, but what if it lived on as a TV series? That is uh, something that they are talking about. Uh, they tried that with... Uh, with uh, what was the Terminator series that they had on? The, the, uh, I know they had the Christian Sarah Bale Connor movies. Chronicles. Oh, no, that's right. Oh, that was a long time ago, though. With Lena Headey. Yeah, with, uh, with uh, Cersei, Cersei Lannister. Oh wow, yeah, I forgot all about that. That's yeah. but that actually lasted for two, three seasons. It wasn't yep. like a one two and seasons, done. Two, two long seasons, but yeah. that's the thing. That's how that is. Wh- that is what the problem is. Terminator's been around for a long time. Has a lot of false starts. They've been trying to reboot the same idea over and over and over I, again. And I, I think know, this time I around, know. people are just not interested. Let's I talk. Think, I mean, like it. it if it had a clever premise this time or attempt to add a clever premise, uh, you know, but it was the same damn thing. It was exactly the same. Do you know what's so funny? Which is though? what I told you weeks ago when you kept suggesting that we reviewed a movie and I was like, it's going to be the same <sighs> damn thing. I thought that I, this, this was an opportunity uh, you have. So mm-hmm. in a day and age when you are looking, when, when the strong female uh, lead character is 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 basically what every new project is is right. Every new project is we're gonna have a strong female lead. You have the ultimate original icon for strong female leads in Sarah Connor, and you just you waste Linda Hamilton bringing her back completely. Like, first of all, let, let's start off with the crux Look, of the movie. Hold right? on, hold on. Got um, I I will. St- I will slightly disagree with that. I, I think it was a, I think it was a fine movie. I think it was an okay movie. Um, I liked it when it was called T two. I liked it when it was called T one. Like I liked it when it was every single Terminator movie, though. Like yeah, to me, how you feel, but I'm I'm just saying it's it's it's. I think it's um, I think it's clunky. It's a little. It it was narratively clunky, but it was, it was as sharp as. 
any of these Terminator movies are going to get. I mean, the, the Terminator movies have been so bad that to get something that that is semi coherent <laughs> was uh, you know was a was a step ahead, along with the fact that, as I had said many years ago, um, at least this one had like kind of ramifications of. T2 it like it, it acknowledged the accomplishments of T2 to the point where they stopped the war and um that they changed the future but that created you know? that created the biggest plot hole to begin with so first of all let's just say it's a spoiler filled review uh so if you haven't seen it yet you but you probably shouldn't it's not very good but at the very beginning and this is this is unfortunate for me I actually ruined this for myself by reading well, some reviews well, hold on. Don't. Yeah. Maybe don't then, you know? All right. But I'm just saying it has, it, it, my point is previous times. Yeah. Everyone has said Judgment Day is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Which ruins the premise. Yes. It ruined the premise of each and every one of those movies because if Judgment Day was inevitable and the machines would rise and take over, why were the machines spending so much effort sending machines back in time Yes. To make sure that they rose up and took over. I mean, part of it is to destroy John Connor, the Connor family, in order to, you know, yada, yada, yada. But also, I mean, look, Terminator doesn't work on so many levels in and of itself. Because if if you can go back in time and kill John Connor and thus erase him from your timeline, Mm -hmm. which is the science that everyone's using, then once they stop the war, John Connor should have disappeared in the first place. Because Reese would not have Kyle Reese would not have had to come back in time, <laughs> right? To bother John Connor in the first place. That so, one was I mean, always a, that was always a mind f. There's no, yeah. no question about that. I agree with that. In this particular film, and again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. They kill John Connor. Don't. Oh. I did. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna, I'm, it's the first five minutes. It's our spoiler filled review. Yeah, but I said, why don't we not? I, but I want to you, because I want I want to ask this question to you. By killing John Connor, a how does it, first of all. By, by stopping the future, how is there just like, why is Arnold Schwarzenegger even there in, in, in 1998? It doesn't make sense to me. 1997's Judgment Day. In 1998, Arnold Schwarzenegger pops up out of nowhere, catches them was, all they, up. He was another Terminator. They had sent a number of them back. They sent the T2. Okay. So they sent a they, whole bunch. They, so they sent a whole bunch back. And then throughout the, and they were, and they were, they were programmed to show up incrementally you know, at, at various different points in history in, in case the others missed. So even though they destroyed, um, they, they, they stopped Skynet from happening, they, these, they, since they were all sent at once, programmed to show up mm-hmm. at various different times, they were still going to show up even though the, the, the future they were coming from didn't exist anymore. How do they catch them off guard, though, then? Don't they know they're coming if they've been coming no, at them this whole time? No, they didn't know that they were... No, they hadn't been up to then. That was, that was the first one yeah. that, that tipped them off into realizing that there were, there were going to be many others. But that does not explain then... So here's the other problem, too, right? That I just I have with the, with the premise of the film, though, too, is that if you killed John Connor, but then um, Daniela uh, or Danny, uh, named after Game of Thrones, in my head, uh, Danny becomes the next John Connor. Like, wouldn't the robots kind of understand that this that this logic is flawed 
and that if you keep killing one of them, that another one's just going to take their place. And and well, second of all, it, but they already explained it. You know, no, they, I know, they I know. Explained that by the by the Terminator actually having a conversation with the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator, where he says, "I'm from a different future, and we I already know this doesn't work." So the, the the robots from the new future don't have that information. I know, but and, it, and it's like it's I don't know. It was just it was the same thing. Well, yeah, we're not again, arguing that. You're 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 again. you're asking me. Are you asking me questions about this one, or are you just saying it doesn't work? Because we already agreed it doesn't work. But if you're asking me. I'm not whatever whatever answers you're going to ask me for. I'm not going to be reviewing anything. No, I know, I know. It's just it, it. All it did was basically it it the, the it actually almost backs up your point of saying this is it's it's inevitable. Even when it's not inevitable, well, I guess well now it's just a new but it's a new bunch of of robots who also happen to build Terminator machines who also happen to use the exact same technology as Skynet, and and it's like well now we're no we're called Legion now. It's I forget which movie this reminds me of where uh, it was it was just actually kind of reminds me of Crystal Skull where they're like we're not aliens we're interdimensional beings, and it's like okay you're aliens. Yeah, you're not you're not Skynet, but you're Legion. Like, what's the difference? There's no difference. You're basically retelling us this was the Force Awakens for the Terminator franchise. Except we didn't need a Force Awakens for Terminator franchise. We need something new. We need something that's going to give us. I don't know if you know, we need anything new. I don't think we need any more Terminator movies. We're not going to accept anything new. Something new would come out, and we'd be like, mm, I don't know. Doesn't really. Doesn't really mesh with the mythology, kind of ruins the mythology or whatever. This We're learning thing, from this... the Star Wars thing that it it doesn't it really doesn't work when you keep trying to stretch a story. The whole the whole reason that we care about all these characters and mm. stories is because their actions have consequences. Consequences have ramifications. Blah blah blah. Because the characters are real to us, and that you know, and the, and they're and they're they're whatever. However they. However, they go about their business has you know ripple effects and it you know ripples out and stuff like that. And if you're going to just every time the the credits roll, you're going to reboot it and then bring up you know bring up another one. This was the argument, even though I I, I agree to House of X and um and Powers of X is is a really well written series. Mm-hmm. It's the same argument I have. If you're going to keep rebooting these things, yeah, and you're going to lessen the impact of each and every iteration that you come up with, yeah. which is what basically the Terminator is, is running into. If there's no, if there's no consequence, if we can't win and we never quite lose, then who cares? People yeah. are going to stop caring. Yeah. Especially if you're going to keep, if you're going to, if you're going to request to keep putting quarters in the machine, yeah. you know, please keep, come back, pay us again, pay us again, pay us again, come, come back and see it again. And the the visuals are great. The, the fighting is great. The the augmented human is great. Some of the, I mean the, the the action sequences were great, but it's just a tired concept. Yeah, it's a really tired, and it was tired. But that's the thing. It's tired. It was, it was it was a retired concept when you got the Matrix. I think the Matrix was a natural mm, evolution yes. to the Terminator. It it it, that it expanded might be the, the universe. Thing you've ever said no. No, I think I so. Say way deeper things than that, but it expanded the universe. That I paid attention spend, to. Yeah, well, that's not my fault. You don't pay attention. You're, you know, you need, uh, you need uh, Ritlin. But anyway, um, so it's got, 
it's got way where am it, I? It, it expanded the universe um, exponentially. It, in, it incorporated its own messiah, messiah yeah. uh, mythology, and, and all this other stuff. And it just took the ball and ran with it. And then you're going to bring us back to Terminator, where we're going to send another Terminator. That is, you know. know. Now, now, not only that, it doesn't even pay attention to its own mythology. And even Cameron's not paying attention to his own mythology because, in the very, and this is this, this is terrible nerd uh, 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 moment right now. Kyle Reese said that they won the war in the first Terminator, that they destroyed Skynet and they destroyed the machine, and just as they got to the end. Of the of whatever the, the the complex is, the Terminator went back in time. It was a desperate act from the machine to go back in time mm-hmm. to kill John Connor so that they could avoid losing. The whole right. reason they wanted to send John Connor back in time is because they already lost. Skynet lost. Mm-hmm. So where did T one thousand come from? Yeah. You know, so so that this is this is what I'm talking about. They, it already had blown its own mythology, and nobody cared because Cameron is a great filmmaker and he's innovative. And he came out with the the liquid metal thing, and everybody, yeah. oh, you know. And I mean, look, I hey, was in included. 1991, it was that was I, everybody was included. Nobody, no, it, it, no one got away from that one. No one, no one, yeah. no one walked away from that one, thumbing their nose at the, at Terminator or James Cameron. Okay, that was that was that was back in the day. Cameron owned, so you know, and we gave him those two. As soon as as soon as Rise of the Machines came into the, everybody, okay, it's a cash grab. Okay, now Terminator's a woman. Now she's made of nanites. Now she's a, you know, like wait a minute, how does Terminator? How does this 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 machine keep sending these advanced, super advanced? How did they win the war? If you've got these kind of Terminators running around, right, in right. in you know in in real time, right, right, and um, and then that I don't know that that woof, oh that that of uh, what the Christian Bale one, the Christian Bale one was, God, but you know what I get give credit. Ow. I give Ow. credit. I give credit because Terminator they were trying motorcycles. To... Terminator motorcycles. No, no I get it, but they were trying to do something different with the story. They were trying Stop. to put in the what future. Which I thought was, asked, was something different. You asked me what would save the franchise, right? Well, you, actually, you know I haven't what? yet. I haven't yet. I'm going to say, and let's, let, here we go. Great segue. Look at you go. I will segue into this. How would you fix, well, let's play fix my franchise. How would you fix this Terminator franchise? You would have you had to start with this one. Um, everybody's going about their business. The, the, the movie starts exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Cut out the beginning with the John Connor thing. I don't think you need no. to kill John Connor off. Portals open up and Terminators just come out of the future. Hundreds of them. And they they so want to ha- hasten the apocalypse. Change, change the dynamic of everything. You know? And, yeah. then, and then the whole timeline is screwed up and now you have to piece it together a puzzle of Wait a minute. When did this all start? You got Sarah Connor's like we stopped the war. So where are they? Where are these things coming from? And yeah. you can still have Grace. You can still have an augmented human come back in time. She could be your. Um, she could. Yeah, be she your was info fantastic. Dump. Yeah, she was fantastic. She could, she could be your info dump. She'll explain exactly what happened in the future, whatever. And then you realize, okay, the inevitability is that the thing we're fighting against. The inevitability is 
that eventually man is just going to hand over his fate to, you know, in, 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 the, in the constant quest to be comfortable, to be pampered. <laughs> and uh, how man is going to hand over the, his, his agency and his, uh, his dominance over the world. Um, to to machines to whatever whoever can work for him and do better, right. and then machines are going to rise up and blow. So it's just an it's, it's an inevitability there. And then the 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 through line of it is we you know this society has been destroyed. We have to stop the machines, but we're going to let the machines destroy society. So when we start over, we'll start over. That's the only way we could the only way we could deal with this is to start society over again with the right, le- learning the right lessons because the society that we lived in, the society we were part of was destined to destroy itself. So the only thing we could do is imbue the new society, the new, the, the new mankind with a, with a base of morality that will keep us from, from annihilating ourselves. Right. But in the, in the, in the meantime, you got a couple hundred thousand or maybe a million <laughs> terminators that you have to deal with that just came through the portal and then we, so now not only do we have, do we get to see the war that they were supposed to show us in the, in the uh, Christian mm-hmm. Bale, but you also get it, you also get the, the shock factor of these guys just showed up out of nowhere. They came yeah. out of a portal. You get to show the, the fall of society, the show, fall of mankind, the, you know, the, the disaster porn that everybody loves. You get the, the, you get, you get the Terminators, you get the flying machines, you get the entire milieu of, of this horrible future. You get to, you know, flip the script, get rid of John Connor. You still get, um, you still get Sarah Connor in the, in the mix yeah. somehow. Um, you still get your augmented human being. You can still have Arnold Schwarzenegger there if you want him. All of these things. But, I mean, the whole, the, the whole situation would be drastically different. It wouldn't be another chase movie with I one know, Terminator know. just running. And, I mean, and- look, there, the new Terminator was was pretty cool i mean they, they, he did some he did some interesting things they upgraded it so he didn't speak like uh you know like like uh ralphie the robot yeah you know he actually he actually knew how to reason with people he actually joked around he actually tried to reason with arnold schwarzenegger right. they also had they also showed arnold schwarzenegger's model after 30 years had evolved to the point where he was anecdotal and he could right. make you know he could do things so those those things were interesting but then they decided, okay, let's let's throw in interesting character tidbits, but let's not do anything drastic to there's the storyline. There's nothing line. with the storyline. I know yeah. there's nothing. It's like stop. You you went into greater depth than than I did in terms of of fixing my franchise. Um, I was going to say stop retelling the same stories. Uh, I don't need to hear like, oh, well, uh, how did how did you come back? We stopped the future. Well, it was cybersecurity warfare, and we built AI for that. So. Okay, so just AI is just going to continually come back in time, and and, yeah, and their plan an is always going to be to go back in time. Like they're <laughs> they're freaking AI, you know. It's and and then the big the big reveal, obviously. And look, this is the thing. I got you one better than that. Before you before you go into depth yeah. about your why is the AI always want to destroy mankind? Yeah, I don't know. You know, like why is it just oh we must destroy man? It's like wait, a minute, it's that's, inevitable. That's another that's another mankind arrogance that you know. Yeah. That it would want to, it, it would be funny, and I'm not, I'm not trying to mm-hmm. upstage. It would be funny for once if an AI came and started to build its own society and just ignored us, and we're like, hey, um, aren't you? I have a to be- plot line for a comic book 
Uh, it's similar to that. It's similar to that, but it's not that. It's it's not it's not that. But yeah, no. Stop retelling the same stories. I don't need, yeah. and I don't need another chase movie. I did not need to see T two again upgraded. I didn't need to see the big reveal be. You didn't need to see Admiral Holgo trying to get away from the First Order. I didn't need that. I didn't need space chase. <laughs> <laughs> all I over didn't need again. to see Sarah Connor be like, "You're just some womb for some man." And then it's like, oh, what? It could be a woman. Well, Sarah Connor, you are like the greatest female icon, at least in my generation. How is this a big reveal? Like, why is it? Why is it? Listen, they don't. People don't know how to. And I'm I'm convinced of this stuff. This is this is why. And and, um, um, uh, Robert Burnett, um, who does observations or whatever, I I watch his Mm -hmm. show sometimes. Disagree with most of what he says, uh, but he's he he says such great things he says it in such great ways but um um he he points out creed as a great example of rebooting a franchise you know and adding to it because yes. the franchise adds to the original yes as it's adding on as it's tacking right. on more you know more of a revenue stream for the future right it's giving you more characters it's not robbing the old characters. It's, it's ad- ad- admiring and adhering to the legend that was laid down because, you know, like uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan had reverence right. for both Apollo and, and Rocky, right? right. And um, it, you, you see that the fighting, the, you know, the, the, the fighting arena, the fighting commission, the board had reverence for both Rocky and, uh, and, and Apollo. Mm-hmm. Even his girlfriend, even... even uh, um, Oh, I forget her name, but uh, Valkyrie. Um, oh, Tessa Thompson. Yeah, even Tessa Thompson knew Rocky. She was, you know, like, right. like oh my God, you know Rocky? You know, everybody, I mean, it just, it yeah. just did everything it could not to sideline the, the icon right. that we had been following, right. you know, for this entire franchise, but to, but to make him a part of it, make him an invested part of it. So anyone who invested in Rocky for the last six movies previous, would be comfortable yeah. at least investing in this new this new franchise and these new characters. If they had done what these with these um, so called new generation of writers had done, ha- it seemed to see the only note that they seem to be able to play is to murder all the all previous characters to, to get you emotionally invested, and then expect you to to latch on to these new characters. But no, they don't know how to to write. So these new characters are two-dimensional. So you've, you've just murdered our previous, you know, heroes, and you give us these two-dimensional cardboard cutouts yeah. of, of these, you know, of these templates, of these, these stereotypes, and then we're supposed to follow them. And that's, that's one of the reasons these things fall apart. Yeah. You've got to do the due diligence. You have to respect what came before it. You have to respect the characters that came before. And if you want to remove them, you have to give us a damn good reason as to why these characters are no longer going to be part of our, our franchise. You can't, you can't just stab Han Solo and throw him off a, yeah. a, a bridge into a bottomless pit. And then, then, you know, two movies later, tell us, oh, his son is worthy of being redeemed. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, because you're watching, it's like, wait, well, he just he killed his father to prove that he was evil because he yeah. wants to be evil yeah. because because reasons, you know. 
that's that's not important. All right, how would you guys do it? How would you fix the Terminator franchise? Uh, leave some comments. Uh, you can always comment after the fact as well if you go onto our Facebook page and check out the video or our YouTube page and check out the video. When we come back, we do our Watchmen Watch episode three. We're going to give a little brief rundown. Uh, really, really, I like it a lot, Hassan. Hassan's just being Hassan. When we come back, check out the all-new Sire Studios website, sirestudiosinc.com. Find all your back issues for The Sire, Mainstream, Undone, and more, and be on the lookout for news and announcements, convention appearances, and brand-new podcasts coming to Sire Studios. That address again is sirestudiosinc.com. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, coming to you live Wednesday nights, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And you can download us on all major Apple, uh, all major podcasting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, um, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast that's this awesome, which is only Secrets of the Sire. No other podcast is this awesome. Uh, you can find us. But we are also brought to you by all of our beloved patrons, dedicated fans, Tom Osa, Craig Caruso, Einar Peterson, Matt Beyer, Ashley Haikai, Omar Morales, Brian Phillips, Steve Hovecki, Program Director Stephanie Dolce, and as always, our Uber fan, Christina Dolce. Uh, Hassan took offense to my Hassan being Hassan comment, but that's okay because I wasn't trying to offend you. I, I was literally calling out that you, ha are, you have grave reservations as we've gotten into episode three of Watchmen, this is our Watchmen Watch. The only, watch. Thing, the only Watchmen thing I watch. said to you... Watchmen Watch, Watchmen oh, stop, Watch. Stop it, stop it. The That's only thing I said bite. to you was... Yeah, it was a terrible soundbite. Um, Watchmen Watch, Watchmen Watch, Watchmen Watch. I'll put, some, I'll put some reverb behind that. It'll be great. Edit it out. Go ahead. All that you said to me. As soon as I open my mouth, you're going to do the Watchmen. No, I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But now I'm, now I'm going to do it because you said that. Actually, I was not thinking of doing so that. So I'm not going to say anything. All right. <laughs> Episode three of Watchmen uh, to me was very, very interesting, and I'll tell you why. It was our first Don't care. <laughs> Watchmen, watch, Watchmen, watch, Watchmen, watch. Thank you guys for coming to the show. It's been a great show. Um, it's our first intersection of the graphic novel characters with the new characters that Damon Lindelof created. Uh, you know, in the previews, you see FBI agent Detective Blake, and you're like, oh, this is a relative of the comedian. Uh, no, it's actually Laurie uh, Silk Spectre, uh, aged and cast beautifully uh, with uh, Jean Smart, right? I think that's her name is Jean Smart. She's been in, uh, she was in 24 too. I mean, it's funny because she was in Designing Women. Uh, so you wouldn't necessarily think of her as like this badass um, FBI agent, but if you were a fan of 24, which I was, uh, she was in that show and she kind of kind of re-sculpted um, her, her she, she broke the mold of being a comedy, you know, comedic actor and, and, and got into this, you know, heavy world of like politics and espionage and, and, and uh, you know, she cut her, she cut her swath in uh, 24. So to have her great casting, 
Uh, and this is the first time we actually get to really, I mean, we've had Adrian Veidt, we've had mentions of Dr. Manhattan, but both of them are taking place in an aloof, you know, uh, alternate place, which we'll get into. You had a really interesting theory about Veidt, which I like. Uh, you also ruined it for me because now I think you're absolutely right. And I'm like, damn it. Damn it. I think you're right. But well, I didn't tell you, I didn't, I didn't give away the situation. I just told you what the theory was. No, no, the I know. I agree. I you know you, you told me your theory. Do you want to, do you want to tell your, tell your theory to the audience? No, um, you wouldn't, but I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand what my theory was until you saw it anyway. So it wasn't yes. like it was a spoiler. You no, know? no, no, was no, no. I'm not saying it's a spoiler. I'm saying, I think you're you spoiler, right. Though. You were, you were accusing me of spoiling it. No, you no, did, I accused you, you of spoilers you earlier in the day. You're spoiling it. Right yeah. now, I'm not. I'm right now. I'm actually no, right applauding now, you right because now. I think you're right. This right. minute, you're accusing me of spoiling it. No, That's, I think you're, you're right. Just, you're disparaging you're right. me. You're disparaging me as a spoiler. You're calling me a spoiler. I think you're right. That's why <laughs> I, I don't know. Think you're right. I don't know if I'm right. I, you know, <sighs> your theory is. I think it's. I think it's. I. I honestly think that he's stuck on Mars yeah. with Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. And he's in a reality. Doctor Manhattan's put him in this kind of real, and the reality is is being um, is being parodied as he's on some wildlife reserve. Yeah, and you know the guy sh- the guy who shot at him was actually Doctor Manhattan. Right. Um. You know, it's like, hey, I think you're right, and that's why he's right. trying to get he's 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 trying to put together a spacesuit to get off right. Mars. Right. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe he's on the moon. Who knows where he is? You know. Yeah. We just found out that he was frickin' Adrian Veidt, you know, which, which I, we which we, which suspe- no, we didn't know it. We suspected, yeah. but I, and I wasn't going to say I knew it until, until it happened. Sure. I just, you know, I'm, I'm actually trying to go along with this, this thing, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, you know, the, the, um, the, the narrative as they're giving it to us. It's this, you know, I'm trying to go along with it, the mysteries as they're handing it to us. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to get, I understand that there's, um, there's a lot of intrigue. I don't think the intrigue's going to pay off, is what I'm saying. I think okay. the show is fine. I think, the, I think what's going on, I think the mystery is, I think, it's a, I think it is a mystery. I don't know if the mystery is interesting enough, not to me. I, 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 and I, I acknowledge it is a mystery. It is a solid mystery. They, they're, they're, they're piecing it together. They're giving you the, you know, they're aggregating the, the information very cleverly. They're delineating uh, the, the, the clues very clever, cleverly. But yeah. I'm looking, I'm trying to look into the future of it mm-hmm. just, just from a narrative perspective, just from deciphering narrative. And I don't think the reveal could possibly be as big as the buildup to it is. So, and I think that's what the, I think that's what all the theatrics are about is to distract you from the fact that there is no mystery. You know, there is that the mystery is going to be very simplistic and it's starting to annoy me. And I'm going to keep watching the show. And I'm not going to badmouth the show mm-hmm. any, any more than I already have just now. Yeah. And I am not going to disparage anybody who likes the show. I think it is a well put together show. It's a very pretty show. It's, it's you, you see where the money is. Yep. You know, I like um, I like the characters. I, I especially like the main character. Um, 
I, you know, I, I liked, uh, I like Miss Jupiter. I mean, I thought, you know, I don't know, you know, the wizened, you know, angry matri matriarch kind of mo, you know, motif is, uh, you know, the, the, the sharp, just the, the sharp tongued, angry, you know, middle-aged woman who, mm-hmm it all and done it all and doesn't is not interested in anybody else's opinion on things it, it is it is an old trope this, but you know but it, it was well done it's well it done was, here because you uh, okay uh, let, let me let me but i mean like okay but I'll, here, preface, I'll preface this it's done well because we know what she's been through to this point she is one of the original characters that being said i am really curious and if you aren't if you have never read the graphic novel or not a fan i'd love to hear your thoughts as to what you think because all of this, to me, is weighted by the fact that I know the graphic novel. I know who these characters are. I know, you know, what she. Yeah, that's know. that's another that's, interesting thing. I wouldn't be watching I, this at all if I didn't if I hadn't seen if I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I just novel. I don't know what I don't know what someone who has no context for this. Uh, that's is what I'm talking about. Like I'm, I'm trying sure. to look at this as like if I didn't know who this person was, would I, I be, would I be remotely interested in anything that she had I to know. say? You know, and this long phone call to the to Mars, right? Which I honestly thought was so absurd, and I think it was absurd on purpose mm-hmm. because it was one of those things. So it's so absurd, it makes sense, kind of kind of thing. Right. But it was an absurd concept mm-hmm. reinforced with an absurd anecdote. Yeah, you know, with the 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 the, the bookends of her mm-hmm. telling this joke. That was, that that was narratively narrative nonsense. The joke. It what went I enjoyed nowhere. about it. What I enjoyed about it. And again, this goes back to the original question I had: is if you didn't know the graphic novel, how I, I don't know how you feel about this show. To me, it was like ah, it's the comedian's daughter. Like this makes total sense. It's 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 harkening back to the the comedian and blah blah blah. And I was like, it, to me, it, it. But it didn't really harken back to. I mean, well, it, it, it it harkens back to her not not. It, it you know, gets back to his character, which we don't have, but who... But again, his character thought who, everything was a joke. Like, he thought, right. he thought that everything was, was to, in such a form of disarray that it didn't make any sense to take any of it seriously, right? That was, that was pretty much the comedian in a nutshell. And right. That, you know, violence and everything it didn't make sense to have reverence for anything. Right. Because everything is, is such a mess. That's what the, the whole... Uh, the whole thing with Modoc or whatever it was, when you know, it yeah. Was, so, so, I and I get that, you know, and I get that she might have, she might have adopted that, and that's fine, you know. That, that's, that's, I enjoyed it that's, for that reason. I enjoyed it because. But was, I mean, the I'm just saying the phone call in and of itself was yeah. like this is not even clever. Like, like I was having such a problem with this, with this, you know, with the anecdote in and of itself. Like, this is not even. This this is not even coherent, you know. Yeah, it's not it's it's not it's not cleverly mirroring the the, the goings on in the episode or the, or what has happened up till now. We just met her, so we don't have any context as to what I know, I know, what I know. she's talking about, right? I know, I know. So like usually when you do things like that, it's kind of she's being anecdotal and she's using um she's 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 using whatever the joke is and as an allegory for wherever her you know mental state is right now. But the but the allegory was so clumsy because it was clunky because we knew exactly who she was talking about we knew we knew what she meant 
But that's and, again, know, that's the question, right? Like we but knew, the, but but if someone didn't know, is that filling in blanks? But that's for them? what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm like, not okay, sure. that's not what, sure. that's another thing I mean. If if you didn't know, we know who she's talking about, which right. is kind of why we were able to follow it. Right. If you didn't know, I know who she was talking about. It it came. It's absolute nonsense. Yeah. It's 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 gibberish. Yeah. And then, you know, he tries to, you know, you, you theorize that he tried to drop a car. He dropped the car as an anecdote for the, for the, about? because it's an anecdote for the brick that, that fell on God and killed God. Mm. And it just to let her know that he was listening. He actually was paying attention to what she was saying. In theory, that's why she laughed at, at the end. He was I know, listening I know, to me. I know. But it's, like I'm saying, <laughs> he, he tried to kill me. It's but... mystery box, non, it's purposeful nonsense. It's nonsense on purpose. And what our job is now is to try to piece together the, the, the few little tidbits of information that we were given because we were given very little, if, if not nothing, mm-hmm. right? Because we are not any closer to anywhere that, yeah. that we were at the end of the last episode. We just have a new character to come in so that a new character could tell us that even she doesn't understand what's, what, you know, what, what these, you know, what the clues are leading to and the, the mysteries are, right? We, and, and then we get this phone call to Mars and we get, a, we get cars falling out of the sky. Yeah. And we get, you know, we get, you know, and we get Sally Jupiter who's used to be a superhero is no, and now is a superhero vigilante who is mostly more the, the, um, the comedian than she was, you know, yeah. you know, right. that, that she, no, the, she with the idealistic. Yes. Yes. So fine. Okay. Can, can we, can we move this? Can we just move the needle a little on the, on the what's actually happening? You know, this, because you know, we still don't three episodes in, we we just found out about Vite. We don't know where he is or what he's doing. It's just it's just plain gibberish. It's nonsense. We don't know what's going on with the chief, what's going on in Tulsa at all. We don't know really what's going on with Sally Jupiter. We hmm. don't know what's going on with, with the owl. We don't know I mean there's you're you're giving us these little strings and I get it. I get it. Here's my problem isn't how they're put, piecing it together. My problem is I almost I'll go on record. I guarantee you the mystery when it, re- it reveals itself will not be as heavy as what they're building it up to. This is That's the because you figured it all, out already. He's on Mars. This is this is this is the reason for all the theatrics that we're getting. We're getting all these theatrics because they're they're trying to blind us from the fact that they don't really have a mystery here. And I'm being cynical. And I like the show. I know how I sound. I sound like it's one you of the sound like fans. Hassan being Hassan. All right. Let us know if what you Hassan think. Hassan being Hassan is someone who, you know, who makes careful calculations and carefully assesses the information that he's being given. Then, yes, I am Hassan being Hassan. I'm very proud of it. That's all you I wanted to hear. Keep eating That's that. that <laughs> keep eating the, those Cheerios, my friend. Keep eating those cornflakes. Watch. All right. When we come back, we go spinning the racks with Todd Black. I'm everything my 19-year-old self fought hard to not be. Yes, you are the. It's like 19-year-old you are, self is like. You've don't become sell out. what you hate. You've become the enemy. 19-year-old self, don't sell out. <laughs> Yeah, 39-year-old self is like... Hell out. Every night. 
out. <laughs> sell it out, baby. First sell sign of trouble. First sign of trouble, sell out. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We go spinning the racks. Spin the rack, spin the racks. We've got Todd Black on. He's going to come spin the racks with us. Todd, how you doing, sir? Pretty good. I don't like how spin the racks sounds. That, that, that sounds weird. But, people say uh, that all the time. I don't know why, but uh, but yeah, people we people say it all the time. Where do you live? I don't know. They, they we had somebody. I forget. I think it was actually Michael Bacon. Go spin the rats. Who's spinning the rats? And <laughs> and we're like, no, it's racks. It's been like racks. Like it's the just comic rack. book, like comic rack, comic book racks. You are a comic book writer, a novel writer, and a creator of various things. Uh, why don't you give the audience at home a quick 30 second bio of all the cool stuff that you do well i am an indie comic writer and novel writer uh over the course of my now six-year career i have written about 30 different comic issues five novels a couple anthologies and i'm still trying to work (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right yeah it's about right that's about right (laughs) um you have a Kickstarter going on right now. It is called Tokyo Blade Detectives. What is the elevator pitch for that? Oh, wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me or no? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. It's, it's, it's coming in and out. It's weird. Okay. Technology hates me. This oh, is a technology. In my life. You have a Kickstarter going on right now. It's called Tokyo yes. Blade Detectives. Give us the 30-second elevator pitch for that Kickstarter. It's Japan 200 years in the future. The country has been ravaged by all sorts of wars, a reconstruction, and a further use of technology. But there is one law that everyone has to follow. No guns allowed. So in a land where guns are outlawed, only the blade can rule. Okay. Very anime wow. feature. We have that. We have it actually yes. showing on the screen as, uh, as we're talking to you. Um, is a lot of your work anime, or, or is it... Is this your first anime-influenced uh, this? Book? Yeah, this is my first anime-influenced work. Uh, I started out with a very traditional, like Marvel DC style kind of thing with mm-hmm. Guardians, which is my superhero comic. Then I went to the more of like, I guess, artistic with fantasy with Home. I went Disney Pixar with Ten Thousand Miles, mm-hmm. and then uh, now with Tokyo Blade Detectives, I totally wanted to go full on anime. Okay, like how can I make an anime cartoon like in a comic? And so. Do you think that's actually given you, um, made the book more attractive on Kickstarter? To me, yes, because <laughs> it, it, to me anyway, because yeah, you have all these great artists out there. There's so many, there's so many great Kickstarters out there, especially in the comics realm. But mm-hmm. with, with the anime, I feel it just has that kind of a visual edge. And if you look at the, like the first five pages of the Kickstarter, there's this really fun laser sword uh, fight scene that is just so flashy and like anime-esque you can almost like see the movements as the panels go on and that just is really attractive to me i get this uh question a lot 
and it's from people that want to be doing Kickstarters or they want to be doing all this stuff. Where do you find your artists? How did you hook up with the art team for your book right here? Internet. <laughs> no, and, and the, the, the ironic thing is, is that that's people get shocked by that, but because of things like Twitter and mm -hmm. Facebook and all these dedicated art sites, there are so many ways you can find an artist. Like well, my first artist for Comic with Guardians, I found via this uh, website, which is now defunct, but I was able to just post an art posting on yeah. there, and I found my guy Alex, and now. And then with, uh, with Tokyo Blade Detectives, my main artist is Lam Vuvan from Vietnam, of all places. Um, and he was on a Facebook group, uh, connecting comic book writers and artists or something like that. And I just said, here's what I need. Here's what I'm offering. Here's what we're doing. Sure. Posting your portfolio. And like 40 people, ple or not pledged, but posted their portfolio and said, hey, we're willing to work with you. And sometimes it's just that easy. You just have to know where to look. Was it tough actually picking out between the artists that posted? Because yes. I've actually yes. done posts like that, and like I don't know. For me, I, I end up finding maybe like two or three where I'm like, no, these guys are good, or or this this person's good, and the rest is like, oh wow, you know, not not yes. for me. That is the, I think that's writers, and I know you'll appreciate this. Writers sometimes get a lot less credit for certain mm. things that they do. And when they're actually like, you know, making their own comic, they're the ones who say, this is the art style that I need. Yeah. You know, I had a picture of Tokyo Blade Detectives in my head. I knew via one of my other artists actually who made the cover for the mm -hmm. book, um, what I needed, the style I wanted. But finding an artist who could do that sequentially took nearly two years. Yeah. I had the art, I had the idea in 2016. I started thinking of how to work the idea in 2017. 2018 i thought i had the guy and then because he drew this beautiful piece of concept art of our main character miko yeah. and then i was like okay let's get to the sequential art and it just wasn't the same i'm like how did we go from here to here yeah and so I, I stopped for like seven months and then i'm like i because i was working on something else and i'm like no i have to get this done and so found it and i finally found lom it took a little doing and i, I do have them tweak something sure things, but that's just the that's just the the, the collaboration element but I was so relieved. <laughs> I was like, finally. It's amazing to me how many times uh, we've done like portfolio reviews or we've done, you know, how to's. And the number one lesson is show me sequentials. I mean, and I literally, I literally did a post uh, recently on Facebook. I'm just like, hey, artists out there, send me your portfolios. I'd love to see what you got. And I would say more than half the people sent me just pinups. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not looking for pinups. It's like, do you have sequentials? And then you see the sequentials. It's not easy. It's, it's just no. not easy. No. I think it's, Hassan, it's, yeah. Go ahead, please. I was going to say, Hassan, I think you even said it's like just way easier to be like a cover artist or like a commission artist than it is to be. It's way like easier to be, yeah, a cover artist or, um, or to, to do pinups and stuff like that. Sequential work is just really hard. It's a science. A lot of people don't even understand it's a science. People think it's a, people think it's just one, you know, follow one panel after another panel after another panel. But I mean, some people don't even have command of action, right? So there's a, there's a technique in, uh, there's a technique to display action, to, to actually depict action that, 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 um, adheres to your strengths you know there's there are ways to do everything yeah like if you follow some artists do follow through like um very simplistically um a punch like if someone one character is punching another character some people will will depict the punch before the the fist connects and that plays to their strength some people will depict the punch connecting 
and then some people will depict it with both people reacting after the the, the blow is struck, right? It all, but in, and each one of them is right. Each one of them mm-hmm. can work, but it's a kind of science to know exactly which one works, and you know, in which in which sequence. And yes. a lot of people just don't understand that it's, that that's something you have to learn. And know? some people don't even understand that you have to show sequentials because we're hiring people <laughs> to like we're hiring you to draw a. But comic. people don't even know how to do sequentials. That's, I know. that's the thing. Too. You know, a lot of times you will learn. You know, a lot most most people who want to do comic books are learning comic books from reading comic books. They're not taking classes. They're not being no. tutored. They don't have teachers telling them exactly yeah. how to to format a page you know that that's page design that's graphic yeah. design basically i think also i think also another thing that I, and i'm not saying this is an insult on artist alleys but if you go to an artist alley of like a major comic con mm-hmm. uh you're gonna see like table after table after table of just like what michael said the pinups or yeah. like the stylized yeah. character art and they mm-hmm. go oh i can do that and then they will and that's great and you can rock that so hard but then you try and transfer that to sequentials and it's like oh i don't i don't need that kind of shading oh that that's not the, what the movements yeah. i have to do movement now i loved your description of it being a science because that, that's very very true and there and just like science there's many ways to get to the conclusion of your theory in this case the page but how it fits with the script yeah it's very yeah. important and some times people just don't understand that yeah, yeah there's 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 no one right way to do it but there's a thousand wrong ways to do it <laughs> yes that's the, the problem the with number it. with our, the number one wrong way don't have anything to show us that's that's yeah. <laughs> that's the number one way not to do it uh yeah. how many kickstarters is this for you is this your first kickstarter you've ever done this is oh this if we're going by all-time kickstarters this mm-hmm. is my ninth wow okay so you're a veteran well that's complicated um when i started kickstarter i was kind of an idiot okay i i saw it as oh i can just get money to do what i want so i literally ran a project i i do not know how this got approved my very first kickstarter project was called the next stan lee because i was such an idiot that i thought oh i can make i can make all these kinds of comics and stuff and so i asked for like 500 dollars to be i don't even remember what i was offering how did it get approved um, then the second one was when I was like, okay, I gotta be more serious about this. And so I laid out what I did. I actually got mm-hmm. money this time around. That was nice, but it failed. Um, the third one was for my first comic book series, Guardians. I was trying to mm-hmm. continue the series. And I thought Kickstarter would be my way in. It failed. I also don't know why that one didn't. Maybe it was just my promotion. I really don't know. But then I started doing Kickstarters for my miniseries, Home. And okay. that one got five successful Kickstarters. Then I did a graphic Great. novel called 10,000 Miles, and that one was my most successful Kickstarter. And now I'm doing Tokyo, so that makes me 10, actually. Wow. Ugh. Yeah. How stressful is running a Kickstarter? That's a good question. How do I, how do I put this in the simplest way? <laughs> it, no, seriously, it's stressful. Like When I did Home... More than any of my other Kickstarters, I wanted Home to succeed. And the, the first one, I was asking for $2,500 for just the first issue, among other rewards mm-hmm. and all that. And I was like, I've got to do everything I can to make this work. So I went to every comic book site I thought I could go on. I went to all the podcasts. I was doing Comic-Cons at this time, so I was networking. I actually met a good friend by getting her involved into Home. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, that got to work. And I'm like, okay. Now we got to do this again. And I'm like, okay, well, all the same backers come over to issue two. And ironically, some of them didn't. But by that time, I also had home number one to offer. So that was able to get new yeah. people into the fold. Sure. 
Yeah, 10,000 miles was, you know, a graphic novel, 73 pages, because I was an idiot and misnumbered a page. And, <laughs> oh, it's true. I'm like, wait a minute, why is 67 twice? Dang it! But uh, we, we made it work. But, uh, you know, that one was, you know, I was asking for $3,000 because that was a bigger book. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I got to fund all these pages. And, you know, even now, after all my success, I am still stressing so hard. Like, oh, yeah. My first my first day for Tokyo Blade Detectives, I set a record for myself of like over seven hundred dollars. That's great, and it was awesome. Congratulations! Then the second day, thank you. Uh, then the second day, I got about you know th- two two fifty esque. I was getting, I was really close to a thousand. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Then on Sunday, November third, which was my birthday, I had all of three birthday. backers. Thank you, I had three backers all day, and one of them was for one dollar, and I'm like. Okay, this this is this is fine. Like the the dog with the room on fire. This is fine. This is fine. <laughs> we, still, we still got twenty five days to go, Todd. And then the November fourth happened, and it's like you know I I've had four backers all day, and I'm like, this is still fine. We're at over eleven hundred dollars now. You're only four hundred dollars away from your goal. You can make it. But I see that I have twenty five days left. But all I'm thinking is, why aren't people pledging? It's such. It it really is. It's weird too because you're just you're waiting for that like Pavlovian bell to go off. Yes. It's like, bing, you got a new backer. <gasps> like, you just, oh. like, it's like a self-esteem boost. It's, it's, uh, it's yes. an incredibly stressful thing that I think some people do realize. I think other people who are just trying to get into it, they don't realize the, the capacity uh, of it. All right. We are spinning the racks. And yeah. what that means is this is our comic book-centric segment. So what are you reading right now and what is inspiring you to make comics? Mm, that's, that's another good question. Oh, and now I get what you mean by spinning the racks. I ah, had no see? idea what you see? meant before. All right, okay. there you okay, go. I got you now. I got you. I got you. All right. Uh, that, honestly, it's one of the biggest questions I get is what I'm reading because uh, I'm an indie guy, but I read DC and Marvel like crazy. Uh, I've been loving the X-Men relaunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Powers of, Powers of Ten, House of X. Very good. Very dang. Jonathan Hickman. I loved his Secret Warriors arc, but this is topping that, and that's hard for me to say because I love Secret Warriors. Mm-hmm. But very fun love the depth that it's going into with the characters and just a changing paradigm uh another book that doesn't get enough credit is champions love champions Mm. great book it's getting canceled sadly but (laughs) it's supposedly coming back next year so i I can wait but that's the that's the ya one right though i think it's uh, i think it's all the ya characters like the younger characters yeah it's got kamala khan riri williams Mm -hmm. miles uh, the newer version of Power Man, all of them. It's just it started out with this great idea of you know just teens saving the world mm-hmm. from non supervillain threats, and then obviously they the, the supervillains came in. But you know it was just this great idea, and they worked so well. And like these are the kind of new ideas that really help shake things up, and I love that. Um, for DC, I all basically all the Batman books. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not afraid to say that. But Shazam, love the Shazam comic. Jeff Johns is my hero, no doubt. Um, let's see. Uh oh, Power Rangers. Love the Power Rangers comics. Mighty Morphin and Go Go. They still want to write those. Oh heck yeah, they're oh they're super who's, popular. Who's doing Power that? Power Rangers is never going to IDW. Stop. You you tell me, son. Uh, Ryan <laughs> Perot is doing both the Mighty Morphin and the Go Go series right now. Okay. So it, it's I love it. I've I've been a Power Rangers fan since a kid. I still have my original Dragon Dagger and. You know, so having them in comic book form, just fleshing out the stories even more, is just l- love it so much. But. All right, last question, and you mentioned this. Uh, you're a big DC guy. Do you prefer the DC films to the Marvel films? 
which I can be on board with, but how do you justify Batman v Superman to Civil War any day? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that Oh, happens. that's right. You did ask me that question. That was my hot take. Um, <laughs> and first of all, I want to emphasize, and I know I, I'm pretty sure you've heard me say this on my, my show on uh, Facebook, but I, everyone has their own opinion. And that can never be taken away from you. So if you like Civil War for Batman v Superman, that's fine. If you like Batman v Superman over Civil War, that's fine. I can define Batman v Superman versus Civil War in one argument. How can this be resolved in the smallest amount of time? Civil War is about the Avengers, who at this point was on, what, movie 16, 17, something like Mm -hmm, that? mm -hmm. So they've had a lot of history together. And you're telling me that Tony and... Uh, Steve couldn't have just stopped at the airport, talked for five minutes, explained what he was doing with Bucky, and realizing, oh, we're getting played here. No, because we've we got to have the big airport fight. Yeah, right. Versus yeah. Batman v Superman, which is Batman doesn't trust Superman. Superman despises what Batman is like in terms of his vigilanteism, and they're two opposing forces. It makes sense that they fight. Versus Civil War, which, unlike the comics, which had a very, you know, very fleshed out reason for going to war with each other it didn't have that because they had a two and a half hour movie sure so, so for That's me the, that was the original argument i had about it thanks and it's usually you're both I, wrong actually one no because at <laughs> one point in the story to to prove his point yeah at one point when they find out what the situation is uh uh steve says to uh to falcon should we tell tony and the Falcon's like, yeah, he won't believe us. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to the airport and have a fight. And yeah, that's literally go. how the sequence yeah. goes. Hey, <laughs> Here's so, the thing: I, I actually can't disagree with you because Civil War is not one of my favorite films. No. I, I, and not necessarily yes for for all the reasons you kind of mentioned, but also the fact that uh, Baron Zemo's ultimate plan, you know, fell to a lot of like. I hate him. Things like for happenstance to have just happened to happen, you know, that Tony yeah. can't, doesn't have a VCR and, yeah. and, uh, you know, this and that. So, so to me, it was like the most implausible. It would have, it would have always, oh, like all things, it would have been better if you didn't put the, the evil mastermind in it. It was just, yeah. a, it's just a, a bunch of, a series of uh, yeah. mistakes, like, a, you know, the perfect storm of mishaps yeah. that caused them all yeah. to fight. You didn't have to have. Which, which is what happens in the comic, because it, yeah. was, a, it was the new warriors right. and the explosion incident. It wasn't, you know, right. the death of Wakanda's king. It was, which right. was fine in context. Guy bringing in Black Panther, loved that. Right. Chadwick Boseman, great guy. But again, Baron Zemo was so, oh, wow. He's not only a soldier and a, like a black ops guy, he's a master computer guy. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I know. No, that that movie has tons of flaws. I agree. Yes. So does so does Batman v Superman. All right. And I will I'll admit that movie has flaws too. To be honest, there are movies I love on both sides, and you know there are movies I don't like on both sides. That's yeah. just how these things work. But I like I like the uh, you, you picked a good Marvel film to contrast against Batman v Superman because I think Civil War has one of the weakest plots. So I, I commend you. I commend you for strategically. Uh, getting us. Well, the, a hot you do take. remember that the creators, uh, the Russo brothers, said that they made Civil War because they found out about Batman v Superman. No, I did not they know. That. S- they said that they was because like, Batman v Superman was announced first. Then they announced Civil War because they're like, well, if they're going to do Batman versus Superman, we got to go big, and all we got left is Civil War. So, Interesting. All right. There were explains why that movie was thrown together so haphazardly. Probably. Hi-oh! Probably. All right, Todd. <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you and where they can find your Kickstarter. Uh, kickstarter.com 
and search Tokyo Blade Detectives. I really hope you'll pledge. We've got a lot of great rewards in there, including getting drawn to the comic, getting T-shirts, all of my comics sent to you physically or digitally. Plenty of there. I'm on Facebook at Author Todd Black. Uh, Twitter at Guardians underscore comics. Same for uh, Instagram. And I also have a YouTube channel called Todd Talk. So look that up. <laughs> all right, Todd Black, thank you for spinning the racks next week we welcome back to the show mr brian volkweiss from the toys that made us we'll see you guys next week